15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Good afternoon, folks. My name is Martin Shields, and I'm going to be your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting in for my colleague, Steve Boucher, who's taking a well-deserved break. And it's great to be here with you to answer any of your financial planning or investment management questions. I welcome back all of our weekly listeners and to any new listeners. It's great to have you here on this gorgeous spring afternoon. I'm looking out our window here. Uh, since COVID, we've been doing the show from our offices and it works really well. I mean, technology is amazing. And uh, so we're in, in Saratoga and I'm looking out and pretty crowded. A lot of folks out there walking around and uh, I see nothing but blue sky. So hopefully you're out enjoying this great day. Uh, but it's great to be here with you to take any questions you may have. And you can reach me with those questions by calling me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. Again, 800-825-5949. So call in with any questions you have regarding financial planning or investment management concerns. So I hope that you're doing well. Happy Easter weekend. Happy Passover. Uh, and to all of our Greek friends, happy early Greek Easter. Greek uh, Easter is, a, I think it's next weekend. So uh, I may not be on the show next week. So just happy Greek Easter or a week early to all of our Greek friends. But I hope you're enjoying yourself. And I tell you, I think for me, I've just uh, any given day or weekend when I appreciate where we are uh, a year uh, from uh, where we were a year ago, right? And uh we're, we're not out of the woods yet. Got to do all the right things. Uh, I got my first vaccine uh, last weekend. I'll go for the next one. I got Pfizer. I'll go next weekend. Or, I'm sorry, the, the 17th, April 17th is when I get my second. My wife gets hers next weekend. And uh, I, I went up to um, the mall, the aviation mall at the old Sears in Queensbury. And I'll tell you, it was clockwork. It's amazing how well they have things organized there. Felt very safe, secure. They did a great job and uh, in and out in no time. Uh, limited impact from the, the, the shot. We'll see what the second one is. It seems like that's always the doozy. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, uh, now my, my daughter is going to be getting hers. She's 16 and uh, she'll be getting hers in three weeks. And then, you know, it just came out that Pfizer's uh, vaccine is uh, looks it's actually 100 percent effective with uh, kids 12 to 16 year olds. So hopefully that will get rolled out, uh, you know, maybe end of May, uh, early June. And I have two uh, kids in that age as well. So, um, you know, it, uh, it's, and then, you, you know, now it's the, the final group would be the younger kids and hopefully that would be available maybe in the summer or the fall. So it is, it, we're, we're in a good spot. I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that we're as far as we are with the vaccine rollout. I wasn't even expecting to get mine until June or July of this year. I would have been thought to be fortunate to get it then. So, uh, you know, the fact that I think it's uh, real quickly here in the next week that it's going to be open to everybody uh, is is great news. 
And um, yeah, I think it's always important in life to just appreciate what you have and, you know, just appreciate where we are after that, that challenging year we've been in. So uh, it's good to be here with you to answer any questions you may have. And again, you can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. Now, one of the other things I was, as I was reading through the papers these days, they were talking about cicadas. And, uh, you know, I think, I think cicadas are around everywhere, right? I think so. But there are these different broads, that's what they call them, that emerge every, anywhere from 10 to 20 years. And there's actually, I think there's like 20 different broads that, so they kind of rotate different years and different areas that they emerge. One of the biggest ones is Broad X, and that comes out every 17 years. And what it's, to me, why it's so important is, well, we were living in DC uh, 17 years ago, and our daughter Isabel was born when the cicadas came up. And I will tell you, if you haven't experienced it, it's pretty amazing. There are literally billions, I mean billions of these things that come out. Uh, and they, again, they only come out once every 17 years, and they just go everywhere. I think they're only live for somewhere in the neighborhood of a week, and that might even be wrong, but it's not long, and then they die. Uh, but you know, to experience it, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, I remember when she was born to think, oh, well, next time these are out, she's seven, she'll be 17. And we've obviously moved to upstate New York since then, but, uh, we talk about it and just to think that, uh, uh, it's been 17 years later. And, uh, for all those folks, I know it's, it's down around Indiana and DC and Pennsylvania where Broad X comes around. Uh, so it'll be quite a scene. You'll have to kind of be on the lookout if you're down there, check it out. So we're going to go to the phone lines. We have uh, Frank from Saratoga. Frank, you there? Yes, thank you. How are you doing today? Frank? Oh, it sounds like we lost Frank, but that's okay. Uh, if any other callers have any questions, feel free to give me a ring. You can reach me at 800 825 So we have a lot to discuss today. I mean, it's it's a good week when the S&P hits an all-time high. It broke 4,000 this week, uh, yesterday. Uh, so huge news, uh, you know, absolutely huge news. Um, I tell you, you think about the change from where we were a year ago. The market hit the lows sometime around March 23rd of last year. And now we're hitting all-time highs at uh, breaking over 4,000 on the S&P. Many of the other indices are up near all-time highs. The one that's just down a little bit from its highs is the NASDAQ. And, um, you know, I, I, I say this all the time, is that people lose more money being concerned about bear markets and volatility than the actual bear markets of volatility, right? And so often we had you know, discussions with callers, with individuals, with, with clients on, you know, them, uh, you know, wanting to go to cash in the fall, they're concerned about the election or, you know, concerned about uh, a second wave or whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, this market rallied and, you know, now we're at all time highs. And, yeah, you know, we could definitely have a pullback, you know, absolutely. As we talk about on the show all the time, the intra, the average intra year pullback is uh, 14%, right? So we could have a pullback from this high of 14% decline. And that would be, that, that should be the average. It wouldn't be greater than average. So anything less than that would be below average as far as volatility. So, you know, that can happen. 
But, you know, I'll tell you, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be uh, optimistic. I mean, I just share with you the, the whole, um, you know, COVID vaccine rollout, which, again, it looks like it's going to be ahead of schedule. I mean, it looks as though by uh, probably sometime this summer, we'll have everybody vaccinated who wants to be vaccinated. And, and you know, I hope uh, a large percentage of the U.S. population gets vaccinated. I mean, I remember my parents talking about pol- polio. Uh, and, uh, you know, how it, you know, scared them to go swimming in the summer because you could get polio. You could be in a wheelchair. You could be in iron lung. You could die. And I was just reading about, uh, you know, when that vaccine came out, what that meant to families and to kids. And, and it was huge. And, you know, it's no different than this. As a matter of fact, the, the amazing thing of this is how quickly this vaccine uh, was developed. And yes, you know, I guess somebody could argue that there's concerns about how quickly it was developed. But, you know, it, when you understand what how amazing modern science and modern medicine is, I mean, for those who listen, I, and I had a hip surgery a year ago. Uh, it was just basically the beginning of the year last year. And I'm out running now. I'm playing soccer. I, I wouldn't even know that I have, uh, it wasn't a replacement, it was a uh, refurbishing, uh, resurfacing. And, you know, I, I don't know, you guys each have to take their own approach, but what I would ask you this question, if you were concerned about it, which is, if you had something wrong, would you go to the hospital? If you needed surgery, would you go or cancer? Would you go to get uh, modern medical treatment? The answer is for most people is yes, you would, because you feel comfortable with that. And so, you know, I know there's some challenges and just even kind of that mental concern. Uh, but I hope that everybody goes to get vaccinated and that we can move on this. And the reason I'm talking about this is that is just a huge part of this economy getting back to normal. It's We talked about that pent-up demand being released. We talked about the, the stimulus. I just went to the bike shop yesterday. Uh, I, we were getting my son's bike repaired. I was talking to these guys, great guys at Great Ghost Bicycles on West Ave in Saratoga. They, they said, I said, oh, is, is this a busy year like last year? They're like, no. It's even busier because last year at this time, there was an excess of supply of bikes, right? Because people weren't doing anything a year ago. So, and then after we kind of, you know, came out of COVID, everybody started buying bikes and whatever. She they said, this year, there are no bikes. There, there's no bikes to be had. There's not even a supply of bikes. And there's this, we went through this list of reasons for shortages of, of bikes. And we were joking about maybe also that, you know, some bikes got caught up in the uh, Suez Canal with the ship being stuck but you know there is just a huge demand for uh anything travel uh eating out there's and and, and whatever that demand is now is just going to ramp up this summer i can't even imagine what you know the summer and the fall and into the winter and next spring what that's going to entail on all these different areas with the stimulus uh with you know, also with the infrastructure package, um, you know, we'll have to see if that gets passed or not. Uh, you know, in general, hopefully there should be bipartisan support for improving our country's infrastructure. But, uh, you know, you're talking about another $2 trillion of spending. Now, that's going to be over a longer time horizon, but uh, it's uh, it's real dollars. So, you know, you have all these things that really are positives for the market. And we've talked about our concerns with, you know, maybe the market getting ahead of itself and maybe valuations being a little rich. But, um, you know, all that means is, you know, where you can, if you need cash, take it now. Uh, if you need a next year, year or two. Uh, if you're going to be retiring and soon, not a bad time to become a little bit more conservative. Uh, and, 
you know, if you've got positions that have done really well, don't be afraid to take some gains. The other thing too is, you know, you have to at least be a little bit aware that there could be tax increases. Uh, and, you know, I think in general, they're probably going to hit higher income earners. Uh, so if you're in that bracket, uh, you know, you're more likely to be impacted. It could be, uh, you know, moving capital gains from 15 to uh, 20% or in some cases from 20 to 25. So that is something you have to consider. Uh, but, you know, at the same time to make any dramatic changes out of equities, because here's the other thing is, you know, bonds yields have gone up. So that's definitely beneficial to, you know, if you're going to start getting into the bond market, but, you know, yields and interest rates could keep going up. And what that means is like we're seeing this year, you know, bonds are negative. They're down for the year and uh, that could continue to happen. I mean, it doesn't mean we're going to be a rocket ship with rates going up, but they could keep moving up. And it, what it's showing you is, you know, the Fed can control the short term rates, right? The federal funds rate, but it's the market that controls uh, the, the actual more long-term rates that impact most of us. So, uh, you know, and right now those keep moving higher. So we're going to go commercial break, but come back and join us as we take your questions and continue our discussion. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields. I'm your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting here for my colleague, Stephen Boucher, and it's great to be here with you on this gorgeous, sunny afternoon. Um, so a few things I want to discuss. You know, on the show, we usually like to talk about some of the investment elements, things you need to be aware of with your portfolios, and then also some financial planning things that you should be aware of. You know, one of them I just want to talk about is, uh, you know, fraud and, and scams out there. You know, we talk about this all the time, just being so protective with your email, not opening any attachments, really not opening any emails that you don't know where they're coming from. Uh, you know, remembering that there will never be a situation where a credit card company, a bank will be calling you or emailing you requesting uh, information. That's just not going to happen. So, you know, just being aware of that is, is so important because we've seen more issues with, with fraud coming up. So, you know, really be uh, very uh, prudent on, you know, answering phone calls from anybody asking for information. It's not going to happen that, it, that no company, bank or credit card company is going to call and ask you about information. If you, have any, if you have any concerns about it, you should turn around, get the 1-800 number from your credit card, from your bank statement and call them. Now, once you've done that, you could give them your social security number, your bank account number, because you've called you know, the, the main number, but never, uh, whether it be via email, text, phone call, uh, if there are anybody calling you and it doesn't matter how good they sound, you know, how professional they sound, uh, it's, it's a scam. And the other thing I would I highlight out there is that, um, you know, with your credit score, right? So there's the three credit bureaus, they have your credit score. Anytime there's a credit card taken out, a loan, anything like that, they have to go through the, the credit bureaus. Um, first of all, most people you should have a credit watch on right and that means that you're alerted if somebody is checking on your credit because let's just face it these days most people's data is out there someplace some part of your data is out there so you should absolutely have an alert on your credit score that if somebody's requesting you know maybe looking at your credit line or whatever you're gonna get notification that's first and foremost the second is 
Um, if you're older, you know, uh, you, you've, you've already paid off your mortgage, you have your credit cards, you know, you pay your cash for your cars, you're not taking out debt. My suggestion is you put a credit freeze on. Uh, freeze your credit, right? Because you, chances are you don't need your credit score anymore. You've got plenty of cash. You know, you're not going to be taking out a new loan. Um, you know, that is a great way to limit anybody's ability to, uh, to scam you and be able to um, access your credit uh, score to be able to take out a loan or something. And even what I would say too, if you've been the victim of fraud, uh, almost regardless of the situation, and especially if you think they've got, gained a lot of your information, you should put a credit freeze on. And all that means is that when you need to access it, you're going to need to remove the credit freeze for a temporary period of time, and then you put it back on. But I'm telling you, you're going to make your life a lot easier by doing that than having somebody uh, access your credit, and then you find out later, and you got, got to try to take care of it. That is just not what you want to be doing. So be prudent. Take precaution first. Uh, and 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 do the right things and it just be vigilant about it, right? Because they're always out there everywhere uh, and it and they're successful. That's why they're doing it. They're successful. Well, we're going to go to the phone lines. We got Rico from Albany. Rico, you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah. I got a couple questions. Uh, that's to do with... Uh, uh, you know, savings for college education. And I, I think we did well, you know, as, as a family. Uh, ever since the kids were born, we have two kids. Uh, okay. Ever since they were born, we put in the max, you know, the 5000 for each kid. Um, so I have a, uh, a junior in college, and I have a freshman who so happened to have went to the most expensive colleges in the country. <laughs> and... Um, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, what we you know we put in, and again for your listeners, and you know this. I mean, so eighteen times five, right? That's ninety thousand. And with all the interest that you know, the earnings that we got on that, uh, like my daughter's five twenty nine when she started college was about two hundred twenty six thousand, but That's her tuition awesome. is around seventy eight thousand a year. Oh, so boy. we're going to be out after this year. Uh, and you know, the question is. Do we dip into our savings, and I don't want to dip into our retirement because we're doing pretty well there, yep. or do we require her to get a loan to build, you know, you know that, um, you know, equity and so forth, you know, in her name? Um, so, and you know, my son is over two twenty-eight, but his tuition seventy-six thousand a year. Oh, so he's going to be done in three years. It's like, what do we do? You know, after yeah. that three years, I wish I would have went to SUNY, right? And then yeah. you'd be buying a nice vacation home. In a yeah, that's right. That's but, right. You know, that, that next year is what we're really worried about. That's a great question. That's a great question. So what I would say to you is this, a couple things. You know, one, if you have some additional cash flow, just even a little bit to put towards that, right? Uh, two, absolutely don't take it out of your retirement. Do not take it out of your retirement. That's not where you want to go. Three, you know, have them take on some loans. I, I, listen, I'm a believer that they have having them have a little bit of skin in the game is important. And you can even do this depending on what your cash flow is a family, which is have them take on the loan um, and tell them, you know, again, this is depending on your cash flow. Tell them that you're going to you're going to uh, have them pay you and you're going to pay the loan just to coordinate this when they re when they graduate, assuming they get a job. And then what you can do if you have the cash flow is you can pay down the loan and put their money into an investment account. 
And that way they, they still think they're paying off that loan. But if you have the cash flow to pay down over multiple years versus that versus next year, right? And then right. at the end of that five or 10 years, whenever it's paid off, you would have paid it off. Their money went into a brokerage account. You got it invested. And now they're in a position to buy a home or something like that. Or, you know, are you, you know, put that towards retirement. So I would absolutely, again, if you want to use some savings, you can. If you got some extra cash flow, that's great. Do not touch your retirement and have them take on some element alone. And, you know, let's face it. If you paid for three years at $78,000 or whatever the number is, your kids are fortunate. You gave them a gift. You gave them a huge gift. And uh, I think it's reasonable to say, hey, we're going to have you take on a little bit of a loan. All right. Oh, my God. What beautiful advice. I wish my wife could hear this. Because <laughs> just this year, right, I knew we were going we to be running out for my daughter. And just this year, I told my wife, like, hey, we got to get our daughter to get a loan. And we're not going to let her, you know, uh, go bad on a loan, right? We're going to help yep. her with that. But she needs to build this up. Exactly what you just said. But yeah. Mario says, oh, no, no. The money, I said, we'll just pay their education. But, you know, we're yeah. looking ahead to She's probably going to go on to medical school. And, yep. uh, you know, my son's going to probably go on for a grad degree. Yep. But, uh, no, that is great advice. I wish I could, like, get your recording of it <laughs> show it to her. Well, it will uh, be. Uh, anything, we do. You know, just so you know, we listeners know that he's a younger family out there. And I mentioned this to my brothers. It's like, man, as soon as your kid is born and you can do it, you know, put 5,000, you know, into the New York states. And uh, it, it comes off your state income tax. Number yes, one. right. But it's amazing when that grows with what the stock market is doing, you know, put us in a good position to put these kids into these these schools. But yeah, that's, that's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, Rico, no problem. I will tell you that we do put these shows on our website. So uh, by the middle of the week, if you go to boucherfinancial.com under insights, uh, it is recorded. You can, you can have her listen to the show if you want. And, uh, you know, I will tell you and your wife, congratulations. You guys have done an amazing job to start that when they're born. And I agree with you. you start, I mean, you think about 5,000. It's not, you know, it's not pe peanuts, but it's not, you know, to get where you've gotten on that is fantastic. And again, your kids, you gave them a gift. So, okay. Well, I appreciate it. I know Steve from way back, and it's okay. You know, it's great that I finally get on his show. But I uh, appreciate <laughs> your advice, and I uh, have a good rest of the afternoon. Okay. Take care, Rico. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I'm telling you, Rico and his wife did. I mean, and his kids. I mean, obviously, they're going to pretty good schools. Uh, I would imagine if they've got price tags like that. So, they worked hard to get there. He prepared to to. Um, you know, to put them in a good spot. Uh, but, you know, having them take on a little bit of loans. Uh, and then again, if you've got the cash flow, you can help them pay it off in a way that uh, you don't want them, you don't want to have them think that you're going to do that. That's, that's the important thing is, you know, you can do it, uh, but you don't want them necessarily think that, oh, mom and dad's going to pay this off for me. So, um, and then as you mentioned, grad school, right? So <laughs> even more money uh, on top of that. But that is, uh, that is the way of higher education. But, you know, I, I say this all the time, and I tell this to my kids, uh, you know, it's a business decision. If you don't view this as a business decision, you're missing it because, you know, it sounds like, you know, Rico and his family have done a pretty good job. But, you know, there are undergrads that come out with literally thousands, tens of thousands, you know, ridiculous amounts of, of debt, and, and they want to be a teacher, which is, if, you know, if you're going to be in a, in a job where you're not going to be making that much money, uh, you, can't, you can't do that. It's just, it's just not feasible. Well, folks, uh, we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue the discussion. 
you're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM, and call in with your questions when we come back at 800-825-5949. Take care. Welcome back, folks. My name is Martin Shields, and I'm your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting in for my colleague, Steve Boucher, and it's great to be here with you on this gorgeous, sunny afternoon. And happy Easter, happy Passover, and as I said earlier, happy week early Greek Easter to all of our Greek friends. And I encourage you to call in with any questions. You can reach me at 800. It's been more than a year since the pandemic turned healthcare upside down. I'm Jody Lesh. Join me for Ahead in Health, where we explore the questions that matter most about the future of healthcare. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 825-5949. That's 800-825-5949. And we have a lot to discuss. I mentioned that the S&P 500 hit an all-time high uh, yesterday, breaking over 4,000. And it's interesting, you know, uh, you know, we talk about the importance of diversification and not putting all your eggs in one basket. And, uh, you know, we've been big fans of QQQ for many years. We're big fans of growth. It's done very well. Uh, but, you know, we've also diversified a little bit out of that. And, we, you know, we have, even though we like technology, uh, we've put positions in uh, what's called an equal weight ETF, RYT. And so unlike QQQ, which is all the big names make up most of the that index, uh, RYT, all the names are, have the same weight. So Apple has the same weight as a smaller company. And it's interesting because RYT has definitely done very well this year, where QQQ is definitely not the top performer. Uh, you know, we had many years where people were like, I want to put everything in QQQ. We're like, well, we like it, but it's, you know, it, uh, you don't want to put everything in one basket. And we're seeing that this year where, value right so that's that's where you're investing in companies that are at a, selling at a discount value is doing very well small cap and mid cap doing very well this year really in the teens and performance um you know even if dividend paying doing very well the one as a class that continues to struggle and we don't really have any allocation to it right now is international uh you know at some point that may come along and, and do well but it's still struggling a little bit uh, but again, the importance of diversifying in a portfolio that sometimes you have asset classes that outperform others over time, that's how you get the best, uh, what I would call risk adjusted return, right? Uh, and all that means is anytime you're getting return, it's for a certain level of risk that you're taking on. And that, that's true in pretty much anything in business, right? If you're, if you're not going to get much return, it's because you're not taking on much risk, like putting money into a bank account, right? Not going to get much return. You're not taking much risk. Uh, if you're going to put money into asset classes where there's more ups and downs, more volatility, well, you know, yeah, you got more risk, but you got the potential for more return. So our firm, what what we do for our clients is we manage that total risk and return. So trying to maximize the risk adjusted return. We're going to go to the phone lines. We have Harry. Harry, in your car. How you doing, Harry? I'm doing fine. I've got a quick question for you. I got three kids. Two of them are going to college. One, that's not his path. I want to take some of the money that we would have spent on his college and put it into a Roth IRA 
for him because uh, more than likely their earning potential is going to be slightly less and they're not going to be able to contribute to a long-term uh, plan for themselves. How do I do that? Um, and do I have to set it up as a trust so they can't touch it? Do I just put it in in their name as Social Security and dump the money in? Do I put it in my name with them as a co-owner? I'm lost. Do you know what the best way to handle that would be? I do. Hold is the one child that you don't think is going to go to college. He's 19 heading for 20. Okay. Does he have a job? He does. Okay. So you can open up that account in his name. Uh, he could, you could put in there $6,000 uh, a year as long as he earns that. You have to, you can only put in, you can put up to $6,000, but it ha he has to have at least $6,000 in earned income. Uh, and yep. you could put that in there and you can keep doing that for as long as you want. Uh, and uh, I will tell you, that's great. That's a real gift. I mean, no different. I talked to the last caller about the gift of sending your kids to college, but you know, you could do the math on this. If you start funding that for him, you know, whether he wants to use it for a house as a down payment uh, or whether he uses it for retirement, he's going to be in a great spot. So that's, that's a great way to do it. Okay. Now, the larger thing is uh, if I wanted to make it so that he can't get it out, because if you put it in as a Roth, they could take out the principal, right? Yeah. If you wanted to do that, you would have to set it up to a lawyer with a trust, right? It would. It would. Um, I mean, you could set it up and he might not even know that you have it for him beyond you just having to fill out some paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I could do that too. Yeah, you know. There's no reason, you know, let's say it's your money you're putting in there. You know, you'll have him sign the document, so you're not doing anything illegal. He just doesn't know he has it, and you just fund it. You right. know, you, you do it through Schwab or Vanguard. You just put the money in there, and you have it so that you have access to it through your email. And uh, one day you tell him, hey, by the way, you've got this amount of money in there. So, um Seriously, if, you, if you're concerned, I mean, first of all, I would hope that he wouldn't do that because, you know, you're like, listen, what I always tell in these situations, you're like, listen, you do that, I'm not putting any more money in there. So here's the game, right, which is you leave that alone and we can talk about a situation that you need the money and I'm more than, you know, buying a house or something, but you just access this money and the game's over. Like, you, the, the, the golden goose is dead. So however you think you want to approach that, but you could easily set it. I, I wouldn't set in a trust. I, I don't even know if you could do that, to be honest. Yeah, it's too complicated. I would just, if you, okay. if you have concerns about him doing this, just open it up, get him to sign whatever, and you just tell him you need it for something silly, and uh, he won't even know about it. I like the way you're thinking. Do you have time for another question? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I've got money in my deferred compensation plan, but quite honestly, I'm not really sure what the rules are, what the best way is to get it out. I'm four years away from retiring, and it's a substantial amount of money, but I'm good at saving it, but I don't know how the heck to spend it. Is yeah. that a problem that you run into with a lot of your guys, uh, or at least how to take the distributions? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, let's face it. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Saving it, relatively speaking, if you're disciplined and you start early, it, it's easy, right? You just throw, I always say, you throw a bunch of money as much as you can, at least 10 to 15% of your gross income. You be as aggressive as you can in an investment. And in most of these deferred cap 401k plans, it's, you know, a diversified portfolio. So, and you don't even think about it, right? Okay, now you're going to retire. Now comes the challenging part, right? Now you got to be able to sustain that asset for a long period of time. 
So, you know, again, I will say that's where, you know, people start working with a firm like ours, right? Because now it's a lot of risk, right? If you got a lot of money in there and you screw up, it's a problem. Uh, you know, but you know, I'll give you an idea how we handle this. So what we do is, you know, we're going to have our clients in a fairly diversified portfolio. We're going to be tactical with the management of it, making changes as we see fit. But what we're also going to do is carve out two years with the distributions and put it in a more conservative asset, right? So that way we know that, hey, even if the market's down 20%, uh, we're not going to have to worry about what's going on with equities uh, and we'll get through that, right? Um, but, you know, so first what you're going to want to do is roll that into an IRA. You, you're absolutely going to want that in an IRA, get it out of the deferred comp, 401k, whatever it is, and then work with it from there. Um, but the problem is, you know, we have some folks that say, well, I just want to live off the income. Well, back in the day, that might have been fine. But, you know, you're going to be struggling uh, to, to get a, a portfolio set up that's going to provide you enough income. And, and the thing is, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be taking on a lot of risk that you don't even know, right? If you're getting a high yield on an investment, it's because you have a lot of risk in there. Um, so, you know, that's where the challenging piece is. Uh, and again, that's where many folks who manage their own portfolios when they go into retirement, they go and they work with a firm like ours, a fiduciary, because they're like, you know what? I don't want to be thinking about this. There's too much money here that if I make a mistake or I, if I see the markets go up and down, it's going to make me, it's going to make me emotional and I'm, I'm not going to be able to relax. I want to have a firm handle this where I'm not thinking about it. And then final thing, and I'll let you go. Everybody says that you should have a balance with bonds, but if you look at the return of bonds and the volatility that they show, it seems like, that, that doesn't seem like great advice anymore. If you can wait to drag money out five years, do you even need to worry about bonds anymore? Well, so part of that, your point there is because interest rates have gotten so low, right? You know, if interest rates were at five or 6% and, you know, they were kind of in a steady state, weren't going to go up or down that much, then bonds do provide capital preservation and income. Because interest rates are so low, you know, the risk that you have, relatively speaking, is of rates rising. And we're seeing that right now, right? You get very little interest income. And this year, bonds are negative while stocks are up 7%. So can, can that trend continue? Yes. So um, that, that's to your point, what's the value of having it? But, the, you know, the value is no one expected a pandemic a year ago. And it hit. And thankfully, you know, things recover quickly. But... That's not always the case. I mean, what I always say, remind folks is we live in a world of global risk, right? <laughs> always remind yourself of that. And, you know, there's what's going to happen this year or next year is something we're not even expecting. And that's where bonds come in to provide that level, level of stability in those times. Because when the market crashed last year, most bonds, especially secure bonds, because the Federal Reserve backed them, they did okay, right? So, um, you know, I would say you're probably right, which is you don't want to over allocate to bonds, but having some bonds in a portfolio that are well, that's well thought out and well managed as you approach retirement is probably not a bad idea for most people. All right. I'll throw one more question out and then I'll leave you because I've taken up too much of your time. That's all right. How do you see the performance of real estate trust uh, going forward, given that so many people are working from home now? Yeah, so you know we talk about so you're talking about REITs, real estate trust, uh, R E I T's. Um, they're publicly traded. They you know they invest in in commercial real estate. So you know it's a it's a big space, right? Apartment REITs are doing really well. Industrial REITs are doing really well. 
you're talking about the commercial real estate REITs. Um, yeah, that's it's challenging. I mean, listen, we're in a new paradigm. What I will say, and I see this across, there's going to be they're, they're going to be in for a struggle for a bit. That's that's going to be a true statement. But the fact of the matter is, you still need office space. You know, you do, and I think that what you're going to find is the same thing with our business is that we're going to accommodate some new work from home situation for, you know, people who need some flexibility. But we're going to keep our office space. And at the end of the day, maybe you don't need as much office space as you did before, but you're going to need office space still. So, yeah, I think they're going to struggle for a while. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think having office spaces is, is going to go away completely. And it's like anything like this is when you get through that period of volatility and uncertainty, and that could take, you know, years. It could take three, four, five years. You know, th they'll come back. You've been very helpful. It sounds like I'm putting a bunch of money in Greece the next five years then. Hey, yeah, if you, as long as you've got the right time horizon, they've got good yields, you know, and even with that diversifying the different sectors, you're, you're going to be fine. You've been very helpful. Thank you very much. Good luck with your show. Okay, take care, Harry. So, uh, yeah, Harry had a lot of questions there. But, uh, you know, the one question I want to kind of focus on real quickly before we go to break is, you know, the one son that was not going to college. I mean, that, that's a great, again, let's just, let's just stress this. These are great things that these folks are doing for the kids. Uh, as a parent myself and, uh, you know, having my parents, I was just talking to my mom, they, they sent four kids to Catholic colleges and one teacher's income. And I didn't come out, I had a scholarship, but I didn't have come out with any debt. My, my siblings didn't much either. So these are all gifts that were given to our kids. And it's just important that they realize this. Um, but, you know, to, to help that the one kid out is not going. And, hey, listen, college is not for everybody. That is, let's face it, you know, you go to a trade school and, let's face it, they're going to be, they're going to have a great life and uh, do something that they like. And so that's that's definitely the better approach than spending tens of thousands of dollars on, you know, somebody who's just not set. But it doesn't mean that they shouldn't get something that, you know, those other kids are getting, right? So, uh, you know, to be able to fund that, you know, those Ross or some account that they can use in retirement or, you know, use to buy a home. It's, uh, it's, it's really special and uh, it's a great way to, to, to approach that. So we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join us. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields. I'm your host today for Let's Talk Money. It's great to be here with you on this bluebird sunny day. I hope you're doing well. And a uh, lot to discuss uh, in the next 15 minutes or 10 minutes before the show is over. But if you have any questions, I encourage you to call in with those questions. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. Again, 800 Eight two five five nine four nine, and call in with any of those questions. I always say there's no silly or dumb question except for the one you don't ask, and you may be doing your fellow listener a favor by asking the question they have as well. So let's, uh, let's see a few other things to talk about. Um, one of them is just real quickly with life insurance, right? So, you know, uh, you know, with all of our clients, we talk about uh, kind of managing risk, right? And insurance, when you're getting insurance, you're, you're trying to manage risk. And I like simplicity. That, that to me, you, the simpler you can make something, and I think this is an engineering thing too, right? Uh, KISS, keep it simple. 
you know, I think that principle is very valuable. And I think with insurance, keeping that uh, along those lines is is important. And I had a client come to me and talked about, you know, somebody that was a family member, they were maybe looking to uh, talk to him about insurance and life insurance. And I said, that's great. And I said, you know, in this person's situation, I said, if you're gonna be looking at insurance, you should, the only thing you'd be talking about is term insurance. <laughs> they start talking about whole life or variable life, you know, they say that's that's not what I want. And the big reason is, and this is from my own perspective, is now you're muddying the waters, right? We talk about insurance. You really want to be protecting your house, your car, an umbrella policy for just general liability. And, you know, with your life insurance, it's not, from my perspective, it's not most times want to be an investment, right? Uh, it quite often gets sold that way because they can make a lot of money doing that. But it's best to keep it simple. Talk about term. Uh, protecting li against liabilities like paying off a mortgage, uh, paying for college, uh, you know, putting your other spouse in, in a good spot, maybe pay for uh, for daycare and childcare if, if that one spouse is not there. Those are the things you need to be worried about. But do not start talking about, uh, you know, whole life insurance unless you've got 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars and you're looking to fund a trust. You know, or you've got a business that you need to kind of have protection with your partners. You know, there are specific risks or uses for those types of policies, but they're very unique. Most people don't need to have that. And, you know, I think the one of the most compelling reasons that shows this is when uh, the, the individual starts talking about whole life insurance for your baby or your teenager, because it's real cheap. And you're like, well, I hope it is because they're five years old. So <laughs> I hope their life insurance is very cheap. So we're going to go to the phone lines. we got Phil from Johnstown. Phil, you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? What's going on? Good. Just a couple quick questions for you. Yep. Um, I'm young in age. I guess I would be following the millennial uh, group of things. And i got a couple questions about Bitcoin and all of this cryptocurrency craze. Okay. You know, more and more in the news, we're seeing different multimillionaires that are coming out and encouraging it and... I just want to get your take on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and if, I mean, I, it looks like there's going to be less volatility at some point because big banks and things like that are investing in it. Just give me some thoughts on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and if there's any validity to investing some of your portfolio in that. Okay, great question. Great question. Yep, because you're right, right? I mean, you have Tesla investing in it. You've got other bigger investors putting money in it. So this is what I would say to you. You know, you're a young person. You know, you want to take a little risk, looking for a little return. A couple of things. One is probably the big return. I mean, you know, the, the 10, 20, 30% type of, I mean, 300% type of return, you know, 4,000% return. My guess is, you know, with Bitcoin at just under $60,000, $60, you know, that is probably gone, right? You know, the odds of it going right. up by, you know, a thousand percent from here. I don't know. I, I think it's probably challenging. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, if you want to put a little money in there, uh, go ahead and do it. The only thing I will tell you is with any of this stuff, I mean, you're probably better off going for Ethereum, right? You're better off going for some of these subcategories that could do well. But just remember, like, right. you might lose it all, right? And so if you're okay right. with losing, you know, a thousand bucks, then, okay, go ahead and do it. But, you know, just realize that, that, it, you know, like, don't put something where you're like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where if you're early to the game, hey, life is good. And yeah, there were some folks that made lots of money. No different than people put 10,000 bucks in Apple or Amazon, right? Right. And you're probably better off. What I would say is if you can find the next Apple or Amazon, you know, that, that, that might be a, a safer bet. But 
Yeah, you know, you want to throw a thousand bucks into one of the side because uh, you know that's where I think the, it's the side ones, the smaller ones that probably have the biggest upside from where they are now. Uh, but just remember, it's basically speculation, right? Because <laughs> the only right. reason you're putting right. money into it or anybody else is they think it's going to go up, right? So that is, right. you know, unlike a stock where you're going to put money into it because you're like, oh, why? Well, you know, I can. This is a great company. I love their products. Their cash flow is going to go up, right? So, right. Okay. Yep. Okay. I appreciate your 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 take on that, and it helps gives me some a uh, little more reasoning here. So thank you. Yep. You got it. You take care now. All right, we're going to stay with the phone lines. We got Scott from Galway. Scott, you there? I am. How are you doing today? My question is about. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. My question is about uh, 529 for my grandchildren's education. Okay. Um, so I have, I have three grandchildren. Do I need to open a separate account for each one? And and what's the uh, maximum that I can? invest each year and is there a tax uh, deduction to me each year for each or is it only a one-time deduction yep great questions so you can put just hit one name you can do that what i would do though is i would open one in each in your grandchildren's name and i would be putting money in there kind of in connection with either like christmas or their birthday right so it makes it this kind of point where you get them a, a present and then you're telling them hey johnny i'm, I'm getting you i'm putting this money in it because what i'm gonna tell you is my parents did this for my kids and and they have 12 grandkids it, it grows over time i mean it, it's it's a great thing for the kids to see that that money just every christmas every birthday they're seeing that not a lot of money go in there but it growing over time so I would suggest doing that. Um, and what you can do is you get a tax deduction of $5,000 per for yourself, if, uh, for New York State, for putting that in there. So I don't know if you're married or not, but if you are, you know, then it's $10,000 for you and your, your spouse. But if it's just you, you could put $5,000 in one account or you can put $5,000 in 10 accounts, but that's the only deduction you're gonna get. And that's gonna be for New York State. You don't get any federal deduction. Uh, but that money's going to grow tax-free if it's used for qualified educational expenses for your kids. And here's the other kicker for this, and this is a really big one, uh, is those dollars, as long as they're, you, they're in your name for the kids as the beneficiaries, uh, they don't get hit in the radar for financial aid, right? So when your kids submit their FAFSA form, the financial aid form, uh, they're, they're not going to record that as an asset because it's not. It's not an asset of theirs. So along as though your, but the thing you have to remember is those dollars that are in your name, you want your kids, your grandkids to use them when they're juniors and seniors. Because what happens is that money comes out, there's a two year look back. So when they, if the money comes out as a junior, it doesn't get recorded. The money comes out as a senior, it doesn't get recorded. It wouldn't be until that fifth year, see, <laughs> if they went through a fifth year, that it would come in on their financial aid. But, but here's the thing to remember, what you really want to make sure is that you don't do it freshman and sophomore year because if it does come through, it's going to look like income in their name, right? It's going to look like you know, whatever that money you, 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 know, you, you put into the college for them that year, if it's $30,000, it's going to look like they had, they had $30,000 of income in their name. So it's a great way to fund college, but it really is important that it's used for the junior and senior year. And, and is the tax deduction, can you, is it multiple years or is it only one time $5,000 uh, or 10000 if you're married? Every year. Every year. 
5,000 every year. Okay, great. Great. All right, good. Um, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So a lot of great questions on uh, financial aid. And I, I'll tell you this. I talk to clients about this all the time. I, it, you know, if you think your grandkids are going to go to college, if that's something that's important with your family or whatever, it's one of the greatest gifts you can do with your assets. And, you know, you talk about with your grandkids, you show them every year about the power of compounding. Uh, you know, it is a really powerful thing. And it's better than any present you can give them. That is the, the ideal present. And it's actually, it's a present for your kids too. Well, folks, uh, we've gone through a whole hour, which is hard to imagine. Uh, it's been great to be here with you. Love doing the show and, and sharing thoughts, but I just hope you have a great Easter. Really appreciate your families and your friends and uh, give thanks that we're where we are this year and not a year ago. So you're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Take care, folks. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.